0: Well, yeah, yeah. What can you say? Well, wow, you know, wow. And and she didn't show you the one of him going up the steps. That, the, right? There was one with him going up the steps, and I was like, "What? Well, you don't have to show it, but I'm." Just, I'm like, it's amazing the things that only God can do, and we're going to be talking about a little bit about that today. So, children's church. To the back and to my right. And um, nursery, if you have a child for nursery, you could take them to nursery. The rest of us are going to be opening up our Bibles. Where? We're in Romans. We're in Romans. Romans chapter eight. I'm determined to finish it today. <laughs> Ooh boy. I just get amazed at the things that God could do. If, like Antoinette said, you have to have faith and you have to believe that God can do. It's amazing. Amazing. You know, the scripture tells us that this gospel will be preached through testimony And that's why I I never say no to a testimony. I like to hear testimonies because they encourage our faith and increase our faith and increase our trust in God. And so I like to hear what God is doing in the lives of other people because that's going to encourage you for when it's your turn. Somebody's going to be calling you. Didn't we talk about that last week? I kind of mentioned it. Right? If you were not here last week, you missed a gold nugget. Not because I was giving it, because I received the gold nugget when you got the gold nugget. But I got such a clear revelation and understanding with last week's message. You got to see it. All I can give you today is like a little taste of what that was. Because I'm just going to give you a little taste to bring you back to where we're headed. Because the whole um, book of Romans is really written like an entire letter. It keeps going. We've divided it into chapters, but this is an ongoing uh, work of Paul. But last week, we were talking about what? The body, the soul, and the spirit, right? And what happened to my living illustrators? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Here are my living illustrators. We, we, unfortunately, we can't do this as long as we did it last week. But we're gonna just do a little recap. Bring your, bring your, bring your Bible. See that that's a well-used Bible. <laughs> you need binding. So, body, soul. I'm the soul today. Spirit, right? Three elements of our bodies, or of who we are. These are our three elements. And um, we talked about how the body um, really looks for the things of the flesh. And so in the body, you have, you have that sheet in the back, the card in the back that tells you the uh, the body works with the flesh. And so if you practice any or all of these things, Out of Galatians chapter 5. Straight out of Galatians chapter 5. I didn't make it up. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Oh, whoever's translating for me, I'm sorry. I forgot. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And look, just in case. And things like these. Right, And then here I am, the soul, and there's the spirit. And the spirit, I told you, does not move. The spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The spirit doesn't move. What moves around is my soul. So my soul can decide, oh, that sounds pretty interesting, and I join my body over here, and then I become what I told you was. Right? Remember this? Carnal, all the details in between, I can not give them to you now. And then the soul has the opportunity to work with the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. See? So my soul decides whether I want to be, and I think the word we used was carnal-minded, and I can shift this way. Or I can be spiritual, right? And shift this way. Now, when I shift this way, I have the great opportunity. And was your second card? Uh-huh. Where I have access to resources in the spirit that I can access as I need, and it comes through her word. <laughs> She's trying to lift up her Bible. There you go. Through the word your resources. So how your spiritual growth goes is based on whether you feel like being carnal-minded or whether you feel like being spiritual and grow toward this area. You want to grow toward here because as you're growing toward here, even if you haven't gotten all the way there, you're going to do an Antoinette number and you're going to be able to operate in the in the in the understanding and the direction of the spirit, because you're headed in this direction. She could have easily let herself go by her body and say, I am definitely not doing this. But she said one thing important. She kept telling herself, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, but she kept moving. And that is what we do. I listen, I'm I'm on open book. I have prayed for people that I've said, Lord, I don't want to pray for them. Seriously. I said, Lord. I don't want to pray for that person, and I'm walking toward them. I'm not, I am not. I don't want to lay hands on that person, and I'm walking toward them. And as I'm walking toward them, I lay a hand on them. There's a particular one that's in my mind right now. And the person got slain in the spirit, and when they got up, they were healed from their body. I said, boy, I really didn't want to pray. But, Lord, you just taught me a lesson today. That is, is that my obedience is in the keep, that I keep walking forward, even though in my flesh I'm saying, I, No, but my spirit is obedient to the things of God. So if you want to hear the rest of that message, you got to go on the uh, website and it's out there, right? So thank you, my living illustrators. I thanked them last week and I thank them again. So we're going to start reading where we left off last week. Romans chapter eight. See, you're awake today. You're sharp. And we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I got to keep remembering my translator back there. Thank you. Thank you. So, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know, I highlighted that. If you have a Bible, you have a highlighter or a marker in us, right? Right? 18, Uh for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, who are the sons of God? We are. (laughs) I'm not doing no trick questions. I know they're thinking, where is she going with this? No trick questions. This is coming straight from the word, right? We are, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly waiting for the adoption. And what's the adoption? The redemption of our body, right? For we were saved in this hope But hope that is seen is not hope. For who does one still hope for what he sees? No, for why does one still hope for what he sees? I can't read with these glasses. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. This is like, I tell you, this is like one of the deepest chapters in the New Testament. Because it contains so many, this book of Romans, it contains so many. And this chapter 8 is really the first time that we're seeing the person of the Holy Spirit as more than just a third person of the Trinity. We're seeing the personality and the function and the work of the Holy Spirit. We're seeing it in this chapter. So, as you know, in, in Romans, we talked about justification, and, and justification is when the removal of the, the penalties of our sin are taken away, right? That's done on the outside, and then sanctification is what God does in the innermost part of us, and he's working in us to continue to change us, right? And mold us, and we're the ones that put a halt, to that sanctification process. We could say, no, I don't want to go no further than this. Or we could say, God, I want to go everywhere that you take me. And I want to go into that vault of the resources. And I want to be able to experience things in you that I've never experienced before. I want to be able to have relationship with you like I never thought possible. I want to, I want to understand this God that I serve. And all the revelation that you need is found in this resource which is the spirit. See, does that, does that make sense to you? And so Christianity is the only religion that has one true God. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. Just like we are three in one. We're body, we're soul, and we're spirit. The scripture tells us that when we die, our body goes to the ground, Right? Our spirit goes back to God who gave it and our soul is determined by us where our soul will spend all of eternity. We, God doesn't send anybody to hell or to heaven. We determine whether we want to go to hell or to heaven. It's that simple. God gives us choice. It's, it's a spiritual law that he never breaks is that he gives us choice, that freedom of will to choose whether we want him or not if we want him we get all the things that come with him if we don't want him we get nothing it, that's just the way it is people and people that have gone to hell you've you've heard these experiences of people who've gone to hell and they say that you know they've experienced going through there and and they cry out but Jesus doesn't hear them they cry out and they don't get a response from God. They cry out and they feel the complete loneliness and the detachment of not being united with God. And I think that's got to be the most terrible thing. Because we take for granted that God is with us all the time. We take for granted that, you know, as I get in my car, he's with me. As I go home, he's with me. As I lay down to sleep, he's with me. We take that soul like, ah, eh, that's, that's, that's nothing. That's normal. That's what happens with everyone. But we're learning through the book of Romans that, no, that is not available to everyone. That is available to those who walk according to his purposes and who are called children of God. And that's all. If you don't walk according to his purposes, then you're really not a child of God. I have to tell you that. You're either a child of God or you're a child of God. The enemy. You're either a child of light or you're a child of darkness. You're either a child of righteousness or you're a child of perdition. There's no in between. There's no sweet in here. You can't just ride the the fence and wait to see what happens. God expects you to make a decision. He made a decision. Jesus made a decision. He had to decide whether he was going to die for us or let us just die in our sin. See? See? Those are the choices that we live with every single day. So I'm going to begin. You know, I always have a question for you. I'm going to begin with this one question that we're also going to end with. And the question is, how many times have you said, Holy Spirit, I love you? How many times have you said, Holy Spirit, I love you? We're going to end with that question as well. So, Paul, in writing this book of Romans, is trying to help us endure the pain and the suffering of this fallen age that we are living in. Because we are living in some of the most difficult times that you have ever experienced in the history of mankind. Now, America is abnormal. Do do you know that America is abnormal? It's not the norm. For uh, over 300 years, in the United States of America, we might have a lot of things that go wrong, but one thing that we've always had here has been freedom of religion. You don't have anybody keeping track of you. You don't have anybody bugging your house. You don't have anybody grabbing you wherever they could find you and arresting you because you came to a service. You have the freedom to come and walk into God's house wherever house, whichever house that is, God's house. I'm not talking about fallen, you know, uh, uh, idol worshippers. I ain't talking about I'm talking about God's house. And you go into God's house. You can go there. You can raise your hands freely and praise him. You can sing unto him. You could open your Bible and carry your Bible and read it, right? You can do all of those things. But we have to be very aware that there is a high price to be a Christian across the world. And that high price that is being paid across the world is coming to the United States of America. Because there will be a time that, and I've told you this like a gazillion times, right, that this word which goes so contrary to what men want to do in this day and age is going to become an issue because this is going to be seen as a terroristic tool. Because in here it talks about all the sins that people want to do. And the Bible says it goes against God. It's going to lead you to a path of destruction. And so they don't want to hear that. And so this is going to, excuse me, I have a lot of papers holding spots that I want to reread. Right? So, here we have a Bible that is the word of God given for us to help us. This is our guide. This is your manual. This is what guides us and leads us to all understanding of who God is. And the one that gives us the revelation of what we read is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us the understanding as we read the word. So that every time you read the, you could read the same chapter every day and you will get a different message out of that chapter you will get some new revelation and and through this message today i just got so much revelation in so many areas in the bible that i was saying wow holy spirit you truly give us um the understanding of the word that you've given us see and so there's three questions that i'm going to um answer through today's message these are the three questions What does the Holy Spirit pray for us? What is he asking God for? That's one question. What is the Holy Spirit praying for us? And what is he asking God for? Two, how does he pray for us? Do we feel it? What are these groanings that the scripture talks about? So that's the second one. How does he pray for us? Do we feel it? And what are these groanings that it talks about? And the third question is, why does he pray for us? Why is the Holy Spirit praying for us? Right? So if you think about it, why is God praying for us? Right? Because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So why is God praying for us to God? It's one of the questions. So. We're going to find clues to question number one, which is what does the Holy Spirit pray for us in verse 26? When we're going to get to verse 26, we're going to read it now. So let's start reading. um, Let's start with, yeah, let's start with verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with what? With groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, He who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He makes intercession. For the saints, according to the will of God. So how does the Holy Spirit make intercession for us? It tells you right there. According to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit is not praying on our behalf or with us on our behalf so that God could give us whatever it is that we want. ultimate goal of the holy spirit joining with your request is that the will of god be established in your life because the will of god is going to be so much more and so much better and so much on target than what you would desire for yourself you know that there's things that we desire for ourselves that are not at the level that god wants to give us and there are things that God wants to give us that we don't want. Because that would mean that it would require from us a closer walk with him. It would require for us to spend time with him. It would require for us to commit to him. And so, God, I know you want to give me these beautiful things, but you know what? What, you, what I, you're going to expect me to do in order to reach those things, that's okay. I don't need to experience them. That's what we're saying. That's what we're literally saying to God when we do not want to receive the gifts that he has for us. We're okay having these mediocre relationships with God. We're okay with being a mediocre Christian. But let me tell you, there's no, we taught this last week, there's no two types of Christians. There's not a carnal Christian that lives by his own desires and his own decisions and what he wants to do. And the spiritual Christian, there's only one. Either you're carnal or you're a Christian. You can't be a carnal Christian. Do you understand? We did that last week. And so the three clues that I found are there are things we don't know how to ask for. There are things that we need from God we don't know how to ask. We don't know how to say it. We don't know how to put it in words. We don't know how to express ourselves, right? Right? And the spirit is asking for things because of our weakness. I am weak. You are weak. You might think you're not. You're weak. I don't care if you've been to the army, the navy, the what is it? The marines, the air force, the what's left? Coast Guard. We are all weak because if we weren't, We wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. God would have put in here a chapter or a book that said, do your own thing. You've got everything that you need inside of you. But he doesn't say that. Repeatedly, we are seeing in this chapter and in this book, we're hearing and seeing that there's weakness in us. There's weakness. There are times that we want to serve God 100%, but we're weak. And we're all gung-ho on Sunday, and Monday we are out for the count. Because there is weakness in us. And the only one that could work on that weakness is the Holy Spirit. And the third clue is that the Spirit intercedes for the saints. Now, who's the saints? We are, right? All those who are going through the sanctification process, of getting cleansed and getting closer to God and being changed and transformed by him, we are called saints. And so the spirit intercedes for the saints according to what? What did the scripture tell us? According to the will of God. Not your will, your wants or your desires. So our requests have to be in line with the will of God. If we want God to answer our petitions and our requests before him, They have to be in line with the will of God. Well, how do I know what's the will of God? How do I know what what God really wants from all of us? You can't get around it. Is there a way, pastor, that I could walk this walk and not know the word? Is there a way, pastor, that I could be a Christian and not know what is the will of God? The will of God is clearly defined and expressed for us. Through his written word. There's no way around it. You could hear the word. That's good enough. You could read it. That's good enough. But you got to get in the word. See? You, you got to. I love to just hear the word. I'm a big Max McLean fan. And I love to hear his voice saying the word. I mean, I just love it. Right? Right? He's my go-to guy. When I want to hear the word in the middle of the night and I'm shuffling, looking for my plugs and everything, (laughs) it's him. We know that there are things that we have to pray for. We know that. Does anyone here know that they don't need to pray? Because, you know, we had a brother once tell us, but why do I need to pray for? God knows what I need. He could read my mind. He knows my heart. Why do I have to pray? Well, you need to pray. Because you need to know what God is answering on your behalf or not. And so if I don't pray, I will never give God the glory. Because if I'm not praying, I can't say, God did this. Boy, God really did this. The Holy Spirit really did this. Now, you know I tell you about my issue when I go to the dentist. This this is like the worst place I could go. And my husband does interference for me. He actually calls the dentist. She's on her way over there. She got an appointment. This is how bad it gets. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Is that true, honey? He he calls him. and oh, She's on the way. And so the Lord has been great that He's put this dog. And I've told you about this dog that always walks into the room and plops himself next to me. And I always and they say he never does this with anybody else. I said, thank you, Lord. You brought the dog. Thank you, thank you, because I know you're bringing the dog to calm me down. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm praying the whole time. You know, I'm in the dental. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? And so this was it last week or two weeks ago. I had to go for cleaning, right? I said, Lord, where's the dog? Because when I walked in, I usually see him plopped in the middle of the hall, and he wasn't there. I said, okay, Lord, where's the dog? And I'm in the chair, and I'm listening for the dog. Where's the dog? Oh, Holy Spirit. Then I said, then then I I didn't see the dog. I had to call out to the Holy Spirit. So I started saying, Holy Spirit, please take my hand. Just calm me down. Relax me. But above that, you know, take care of her hand. This hygienist, I mean, really, Lord, just let her take it easy on me. And I'm like, oh, hold my hand, Lord. And you know what I start hearing? The dog is running up and down the hallway. This dog, now those of you that go to the dentist, this dog doesn't move. He sits and plops because he's old. This dog is ba-boom, 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 up and down the hall. And I'm like, what in the world is going on out there with that dog? And the girl that's working on me says, what is going on with the dog? Right? And I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm, I'm praying Holy Spirit. Right? The dog was going crazy. Because the Holy Spirit was there. That dog was going crazy. And so as I'm I'm in the chair, I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, take my hand. Oh, calm me down. Do you know that I fell asleep in the dental chair? And I found out that I fell asleep. I told this to my husband. I said, you ain't going to believe this. I found out that I fell asleep in the dental chair while I'm getting a cleaning. Because my teeth clamped onto the mirror. You know that little mirror they put to look around? It went clump, and I went, and she said, oh. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I kind of fell asleep. (laughs) That's, That's how the Holy Spirit calmed down my situation. I left there, and I was laughing all the way to my car. I said, Holy Spirit, you have an incredible sense of humor because the dog, and then when I walked out, the dog was nowhere in sight. I don't know where this dog went. He was not there. I did not see him. I said, thank you, Lord, because I had to totally depend on you. You gave me a crutch when I needed a crutch. Oh, he gives us a When we need that crutch, he supplies it. I said, Lord, thank you for the crutch. But now I didn't have the dog. I had to totally depend on you. And you saw me through because, man, that's not my favorite place to be. That is like the worst thing. You could poke me with needles. You could do anything. But, man, I hate that dental chair. And yet, God, in His in His faithfulness, He sees us through, even in those little things, in the little things, yeah. all the time. Pastor J and I, we praying for this parking spot right in front of the hospital. I'm not lying to you. This past week, I had a uh, two or three weeks. Ago, I had a meeting at the hospital, and I said, "Oh Lord, I forgot to pray before I walked to for you to find me a parking spot." And I'm going down the thing. I'm like, "Oh, I'm going down the aisle," and a car. The person was just sitting in their car. They saw me and they pulled out. I'm like, you're so good, God. See, this is what it's about, giving him the glory for it. I was like, you're so good, God, that you knew I forgot to pray for this, but yet you provided me a parking right where I needed it. Thank you, Lord. That's, That's what today's all about. It's about giving him and exalting him in the midst of whether I have to go through a painful situation or whether God gives me the way out. You know what? Whichever way this goes in my life, I'm going to exalt him because he's in the mix of this. He's in it. And so because he's in it, whichever way I'm going to go, I know he's going to see me through it. That's confidence and faith in the Lord. He's going to see me through it. So the Holy Spirit... He works with our weaknesses. Whatever is stripping you of your pain, you know, or or giving you pain and is stripping you of your pleasure and your peace, that's your weakness. Whatever takes away your joy, your pleasure, whatever takes away your peace is that area of weakness in your life. That only God can help you through it. Right? So we ask ourselves, weakness what is, what is the weakness then? What is this? Is it only spiritual? No, weakness is spiritual, but it could be natural limitations that we have. It can be weakness due to sickness. It can be calamities that we go through. It could be hardships that we have. It could be a job that I have and I can't stand the supervisor I have. It, 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 every time I see her, it just brings out the worst in me. That's your weakness. See? There's Clues. In verses 18 through 25, five, which talks to us about these groans. And what is it that we're groaning about? And the groans are as we wait eagerly for our adoption. It's like those little kids waiting, they're in foster care. See, because while we're not children of God, we're children of darkness. And the thing about the Father of Darkness is that he's exactly like parents that are neglectful of their children. He doesn't care if we eat. He doesn't care if we sleep. He doesn't care if we're taken care of. He doesn't care if we're provided for. This is the father that we have. And now we're being adopted by God, the father, the father of light, the father of righteousness. And this God that we serve, he takes care of us. He provides for us. He makes ways for us. Even in our weaknesses, even every time we're in the pit, oh boy, does he extend the hand to get me out of that pit? How many times I have to get out of it? He will continue to come because he loves me. The father of darkness, the father of light and the father of righteousness, he truly cares for us. Right. Thank God for that. What the Holy Spirit prays for are things that we are at a loss for. We don't understand. Why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Don't know how to change it. I don't know how to handle this. And the Holy Spirit steps in and says, I've got you. I've got you covered. I I know exactly the way out of this decision. I know the way out of this situation. I have the decision for you. And so the answer to all of this is that the Holy Spirit prays for us that the will of God be done on whether we get well or not, whether we escape hardship or not. Whether we get through the situation we're dealing with or not, whichever way it goes, we know that it will be the will of God for our lives. And so, therefore, we trust God that He is going to make the best decision for us. You do realize as we read the gospel that not every single person that came across Jesus was healed. You need to read the gospel. Not every single person was healed. Not every single person was delivered. Some people had to go through their trial. They had to go through their difficulty. They had to go through their hardship. Because there were other things connected to your hardship and your situation. There are other things connected. When you stop to think about Paul, let's let's take a moment and look at the life of Paul. We're going to read out of 2 Corinthians. Put a little tab in your sheet and... And turn the page. We're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Right? And we're going to read verses 24 to 26. Right? Second Corinthians chapter 11, 24 through 26. This is what Paul experienced in his Christian walk. Five times... I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. So 39, he was whipped five times, 39 times. Right? Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger, from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, and danger from false brothers. That's an apostle to me. Today, everybody wants to be an apostle but they have one shipwreck and they're drowning in a glass of water, you you understand? I take these things very seriously. And I say, wow, this, this is an apostle. This is a person who has been through it all. And then the scripture shows us and tells us that one, that one scene where he's beaten and he's thrown in the deepest part of, of, the, of the jail. And, you know, he's, he's got manacles around his, his hands and, and, and all that pain, hungry, thirsty. And what does Paul do? What we would think does not make any sense. He begins to sing songs of praise. Right? Go go to your scripture. Go to your scripture. This is all important. And so here is a man that's going through all of these situations. He doesn't know if he's going to die in that prison, get out of the prison, if he's going to be set free, if he's going to have a chance to escape. He doesn't know any of that. But in the midst of all of that, he's praising God and he's exalting God, which is what we're supposed to be doing. He's exalting God in the the midst of un known situations right unknown so you get a diagnosis and you don't know what to do with it in the midst of your unknown situation you exalt God and you say God whether whether you get me through this whether I'm healed from this whether I'm not healed from this I'm exalting you Lord whether I get out of prison or whether I'm still in prison Lord I'm gonna exalt you and so this is the position that we take as believers and Christians and this is the position that the Holy Spirit wants to see us in because when he sees us in this position then he says okay you're in the right you're in the right space for me to pray on your behalf to God the Father because you are willing to walk in his perfect will for your life that's what it's all about see that sounds easy right that's what it's all about we get we get into a situation whether it's spiritual whether it's you know with with our daily life we get in a situation and when we're you know everything seems to be going fine and then this these situations happen to us and we freeze we freeze we don't know what to say we don't know how to say it we don't know what to pray we don't know how to pray to God for it. We don't know, well, God, do I pray for healing or do I pray, you know, uh, to just hurry up and die through this? You know, what, what do I do? Do I pray for my kids to straighten up or do I just pray that you move them somewhere else? Let them get their own place. Let them do their own thing. Like, why do I pray, Lord? Why? We don't even know how. We don't even know how to pray or what to say. There's no words in the, in the Webster's Dictionary for the things that we want to express to God. And so the Holy Spirit, in conjunction with God the Father and God the Son, because the, one, the scripture tells us, he who knows the hearts of men, that's God the Father. That's God the Father who knows the hearts of men. And so the Holy Spirit is here to say, okay, God knows your heart, and now I can see what your need is, and you're willing to line up with God's will. And so therefore, I'm joining your prayer, and I'm taking it directly to the ear of the father directly those are the kind of prayers i want i want to be joined to prayers that are going directly to the ear of the father is through the holy spirit we don't know how to pray so what is happening in our hearts is this groaning this groaning that you it's not words it's just sounds that come from the deepest part of us they're they're deeper the holy spirit goes to places that are deeper than our hearts deeper than the words that we have deeper than the thoughts that we have the holy spirit goes to the deepest parts of us and he can interpret our groaning you know that he interprets your cry and he interprets your groan He's able to do that. And he knows when we're just groaning, but it's not really a groan, it's a moan because we're complaining. We're complaining. And he knows when the groan is from the deepest part of us where, God, I need your help because without you, I'm just not going to make this. I am not going to get through this. I, I don't know which way to go. I don't know if to go left to right. You know, there are many doors that are open to you you always have many doors that open up. And some of them look great. Some doors look great. Oh, that's the one I'm going through. Because on the other side of that door is sunshine. The sky is blue. We used to say that. We lived in New York. And we said, whenever we leave New York, we're going to go to a place that's warmer than New York. And we wind up in a place that's colder than New York. And... The first year we were here, it was 17 inches of snow, and we didn't even know how to navigate it. We were stuck, like, for three days in the house because we didn't know how to what to do with all that snow. Right? But there was other places we were going to wanted to go that had sun and, oh, it never rains and never this. They don't tell you about the hurricanes that come. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you about the the storms that come from sea, category five. They don't tell you about the wind that blows and takes the roof off your house. Oh, no, no, no. Son. Do you know that in the most beautiful places in your life, you could have an ugly situation going on? Mm Mm-hmm. Just go to Genesis. Go to Genesis and go look at that chapter three on. What a beautiful place that Garden of Eden was, huh? God put every little thing in its place to its perfection. And an ugly little thing rears its head. Right? Now, I was thinking about that chapter this week. And I said, you know what? You know why Adam, which is the woman and the man, Adam, got caught up in this thing with that ugly little thing in the garden because not one time did they pray to the father on what to do even though God, God had given them the authority now if they had prayed to God the father he would have said listen i gave you authority tell them to move on tell them to get out tell them to but they didn't they didn't they did it on their own merits they did it on their own thoughts they did it on what they thought they could do they did it on what they thought they could get away with oh and we saw what happened we saw what happened. How his, it has infected every single person. Remember last week I told you? It only took one sin to ruin this world for all of us. One sin. That's all. You can have an ugly thing happening in a beautiful place. Your life is going great. The sun is shining, the sky is blue, the birds are singing. You get up energized in the morning. Nothing hurts. You feel great. And an ugly thing happens in your life. And so what are you going to do? Are you going to act carnally? Or are you going to act spiritually and say, I'm getting in that vault? Because the answer for this ugliness right now in my life is in that vault. And I'm going to get it out of there. And it's going to get me through this. Right? Right? So the Holy Spirit discerns the deepest areas of our life, and he looks for that groan that is wanting to do the will of the Father. You know, a a church pastor received an email from missionaries that they were sponsoring in India. And in this email, it was some missionaries that they had in India and um, they were, at that moment that they were writing that email, they were surrounded in a build. They were in a building. They could not get out. And they were surrounded by a mob of Muslims. Right? And so this is what the missionaries asked the pastor. He said, they said, pray for us. Should we call the government to deliver us to, f- to use force and sword? And then they said we have established a good name for Jesus here and we're inclined to stay no matter what. And so the pastor responds to them. And he says This is your Romans 8:26 moment. You want to hear that? You're surrounded by a mob. You don't know if you're going to live or you're going to die. You don't know if you're going to be set free or if someone is going to come to set you free. You don't know what's going to happen. Those kind of situations. And what they prayed for and they were asking for was prayers for wisdom on what to do. And the pastor says, this may be your Romans 8.26 moment where you don't know what to do but you need the holy spirit to intercede to the father on your behalf. Okay? Bunyan, we've all heard of Bunyan. He made a decision that some of us would agree would not be the best one, but he he made a decision and he stayed in jail for 12 years. At any moment he could have left jail, but he decided to stay in jail for 12 years because they wanted him to sign a warrant that said, I will not preach. And so Bunyan said, I'm, I'm not signing that. And he stayed in jail for 12 years. And he had four small children, and one of them was blind. And people would say, why didn't you just sign that and go home to your kids? And one of them, that was blind. And so he wrote, while he was in jail, he wrote. And he wrote this Um, expression, uh, or he wrote this, he actually wrote a book about this, and on it it said, or in it, in it it said, thou may do this as it is in my heart, God, you can do what's in my heart, if it is to fly, then I will fly, if it's to stand, then I will stand, anything but denial of the truth. He that flies, he has the warrant to fly. He that stands, he has the warrant to do so. Yea, the same man may both fly and stand. But look what he says at the end. As the calling and the working of God is in his heart. So if God is seated in the throne of my heart, and God is the one that is leading and directing me. Because we know that the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, The disciples, I have to leave because I have to send the counselor who is going to lead you and direct you in all truth and all righteousness. Remember that? And so it says we need the workings of God in our heart in order to be able to stand in the midst of these decisions. But if God opens the door for us to be able to get out, like he did with Paul, now he just got him out of prison. But there was something greater that needed to get done that Paul needed to get into that prison and it was the salvation of a whole household it was the sharing of the gospel to all those prisoners that were their cells open but they didn't run they received the word that Paul was giving so there was something greater than what Paul was going through at the moment which was the suffering and the pain he was willing to go through that so that the will of God could be done in the lives of other people Everything that happens to us is not only about ourselves. It's about those that are attached to us that need us to go through our situations, whether it's go through it or be saved or healed through it so that they can see and they can know God through your situation. See, so your sickness is not only about you. It's about those around you that will come to see God when you exalt God in the midst of it. They see God. They're like, wow, this is real. This is true. So let me tell you these these few things. I have a few minutes. Be encouraged that you are not expected to know the will of God in every situation. Be expected to know that you, uh, uh, be encouraged to know that you are not expected to know the will of God in every situation. There's situations we're not sure. We say, God, well, where do I go with this? What do I do? And that's when we have to pray. The Holy Spirit on our behalf prays for us, intercedes for us, so that then we can get the answer to what is the will of God in our lives. Be encouraged that in your perplexity and your groaning, you are not being watched. God is not looking from heaven with a stick waiting for you to do something wrong to hit you with it. Be encouraged that you are being understood. God understands every situation that we're going through and what we're dealing with. You're not out there on your own. Be encouraged that God's work for you is not limited to what you can understand or express with words. God does so much more than what we express with words. He works with those areas in our life when we're groaning and we don't know how to express it. God understands it. Be encouraged that in your weakness and your sickness and your loss and your danger, the Spirit of God is praying for you, not against you. The Spirit of God is praying for you and not against you. You know, as we're coming to Holy Week and Easter, you know, Palm Sunday, Easter, Resurrection Day, actually, I think about that scene in Gethsemane with Jesus. And Gethsemane is a beautiful garden. It's beautiful. It's, it's so peaceful. You know, you have those trees. They're just like, you want to hug a tree kind of thing. and It's a beautiful spot. Like I told you, you could have an ugly thing happening in a beautiful place. And so Gethsemane actually means the place of pressing. Right? So here Jesus is in Gethsemane with his disciples and you know you find that in Mark chapter 14 or Matthew chapter 26 read it when you have a chance and so I think that Jesus was groaning during that period of time as I read that scripture. As I read that Mark chapter 14, he goes three times back to the disciples. Can you, can you just pray with me? Can you just be there? I don't care if you, you know, if you don't know what's going on inside of me. Can you just be with me? You ever felt like that? Like you're going through a situation in your life and you're like, could somebody just come up alongside me? I mean, I don't care if you know. What's going on with me? I don't care if, you know, if, if you, you're a doctor or if you're a nurse, if you're a lawyer. I don't know what is going on in my life. But you know what? You don't need to know anything about those areas. But can you come up alongside me and be with me during this difficult time? And, and there's Jesus, you know, in this place of pressing where he's, he, I don't think he could even get the words out. And all he kept saying was what? What did he keep saying? Not my will, but your will. What is the theme of this chapter 8 that we're talking about? Not my will, but let your will be done. Jesus had a choice at that point. At that point, he could have just said, no, I'm done. I know what's coming. I know what's coming. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for these people. They don't deserve it. He could have at any moment, but he said, not my will, Lord, but I'm going to do your will. Because in his following God's will and him going through that cross and him dying for you and him taking upon himself, you know, the 39 lashes that Jesus got, when you look at that, every disease that is in the world today is grouped into 39 subgroups. So for every disease and condition that we experience, he took the hit for it, right? And you're thinking, well, he died on the cross. Oh, but you're just looking at that part. You're not seeing the resurrection that happened. And through that resurrection, we are all saved. Every single one of us has an opportunity to get back into alignment in relationship with God the Father. And so he's saying, listen, this was worth it for me. What, what, is it, what is it worth for you to go through some of the situations that God has placed you in, allowed you to be placed in? Because everything that happens to us, God allows it. Why, Lord? Why am I in this situation? Oh, one minute. Question two was, how does he pray for us? Do we feel it? What are these groanings? We know that these groanings are our groanings. They're mine, and they're yours. Because one thing I know about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is that they do not need to groan. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to groan. What for? He does it through our groanings, and he makes a case to the Father, and he knows exactly what he's asking for on our behalf. That's awesome, right? We know that God who searches our hearts knows what's happening. And therefore, it's my situations that are happening. And God is getting me through my situations. So the groanings of the spirit is his joining my situation, my pain, my sorrow, my depression, my, you know, oppression, my anxiety. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? He joins us through this groan because we're saying, God, I'm going through this, but it's all about exalting you. So as I exalt you, the Holy Spirit says, I can work with this groan. and He takes it to God the Father. Isn't that wonderful? And the third question was, why does he pray for us? Right? And, you know, we know that everything that God does is with purpose. And so everything that he does, he's showing us. He he always gives us the example, and he shows us how to do this. And so as as we're saying, we're taking our petitions before the Lord. This is how we should take them. And the Holy Spirit teaches us how to do it, exalting God in everything that we go through in our lives. That's how our petitions get to God the Father, right? So I'm going to ask you that question one more time. The question we asked in the beginning. Well, actually, I didn't read the last verses. Wait, we got to read the last verses. Close out the chapter. Let's read the last verses. Right? (laughs) Starting in verse 31. Um, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, everybody's interceding for you. And we complain. God the Son is interceding for you at the right hand of the Father. The whole God, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. And we complain. Ain't that true? Mm. I'll say, I'll speak it to the wall here because I guess it's only me and the wall (laughs) that complain, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now I lost my other page. As sheep for the slaughter. As sheep for the slaughter. Ah, yet, <laughs> in all these things, thank you. <laughs> we are more than conquerors <laughs> through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that beautiful? And so that is why he prays for us. Right? All right. Let us bow our heads and let us pray and let us thank God. Nothing that I experience in this life, nothing above, below, nothing can separate me from the care, the provision, and the love of God. But you got to have that relationship. This is, this is only for those that are children of God, that are called according to his purposes, right? The, the scripture is clear. So... If there's anyone that needs prayer for salvation, because that's the first step, where you got to move your soul away from your body. Anyone that needs prayer for salvation is a gift from God. You don't have to do anything for it. Just receive it. So if there's anyone that needs salvation, raise a hand. We're going to pray so specifically for you. If you If you need that today, we'll pray with you and for you. Amen. God bless you. We're going to pray. Listen, I'm just going to ask uh, Tammy. Tammy, can you and Abby just go? You don't even have to come over here. I'm, I'm even sending people to you. Can you go over there and pray with Lily? All right? And the rest of us, let's pray. Let us pray. Let us bow our heads. Father, we are so thankful this afternoon. For your presence, which was meeting us here. You were here waiting for us, anxiously wanting to give us a revelation of who you are in your word. We pray, O Lord, that as we move from carnality and this flesh, as we move closer to you, that we begin to see the resources that you hold in the spirit that we have access to. How the smallest situation in our life is important to you how the greatest situations in our life are important to you. And so, Lord, we ask that we have the revelation on how to act in our prayer, that when we don't know how to pray, Lord, let us call out to your Holy Spirit. Let us call out to your Holy Spirit to give us the revelation and that he may be able to discern our hearts, O oh, Father God, and Holy Spirit, discern our groans and our, uh, that we're having within us, and be able to see that we are out to exalt Jesus and our prayers will be answered. Not as we will, but as you will, Father. Because we are your children and we trust in you in every decision of our life. Thank you for your patience with us, Lord. Thank you for the love that you display every single time. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, which we continue in this flesh to sin. But you love us so that you continue to forgive us. And so, Lord, we thank you for the bountiful blessings that you send our way every day. In Jesus' holy name, we pray and God's people said, amen. Be blessed. All right. Be blessed today. Pastor Jane. he has a few announcements.